I recently found a copy of The Age of AI and Our Human Future at our local library bookstore for $3, and bought it mostly because of the big-name authors, which simultaneously generated some skepticism. However, it turned out to be far more than a celebrity attempt to cash in on the current fad for artificial intelligence and everything else, AI, from the singularity to transhumanism. Instead, The Age of AI and Our Human Future proved to be a deeply worrisome document, illustrating significant failures in current establishment thinking about philosophical implications of the current stage of development in the information age that began following the Second World War. The senior authors, as well as their younger collaborators, listed in the acknowledgments, Meredith Potter, Skylar Shouten, and Ben Douse, appear understandably concerned with dangers surrounding widespread implementation of artificial intelligence. Especially troubling is their discussion of nuclear war fought by robot drones controlled by AI networks outside of human control. No doubt the authors know what they are talking about when it comes to the U.S. Defense Department's reliance upon computers, since Kissinger was National Security Advisor and Secretary of State. Schmidt used to head Google, and Hottenlacher is Dean of MIT's Schwarzman College of Computing. Although the book provides a bit of discussion related to the philosophy of consciousness in a chapter entitled, quote, How We Got Here, unquote, it seemed to me at the level of course notes from an undergraduate class in the history of philosophy. Skipping quickly from Plato and Aristotle to Berkeley, Kant, and Heisenberg, it doesn't really answer the questions. How about some discussion of the importance of the loom, or Lord Byron's daughter, to liven things up? The next chapter, quote, from Turing to today and beyond, unquote, discusses limitations on Alan Turing's theoretical test to determine whether a machine is human and argues that Wittgenstein's linguistic philosophy is inspiration for machine learning and artificial neural networks. Maybe, maybe not. The authors consider examples such as alpha zero-point chess, alpha dogfight piloting UAVs, AI techniques developed at MIT leading to discovery of the drug Hallison, named after the computer star of Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, and the creation of prose by GPT-3, which the authors claim to be indistinguishable from human writing. The authors predict that eventually AI will lead to, quote, programs capable of dramatically exceeding human performance in specific areas, such as advanced scientific fields, unquote. Count me skeptical. The reason is that the authors seem strangely to ignore the relationship between man and machine that has been conflicted going back to the invention of the plow, the axe, the loom, the bow and arrow, and fire itself, not to mention the industrial factory and Luddites. Each technological development creates tensions, and yet at the end of each cycle of turmoil and conflict, Frankenstein's latest monster ends up under man's control. And I think the reason the authors don't discuss this is that they appear to be linear thinkers rather than cyclical ones. For them, history's arrow flies in one direction only, that of technological determinism. Well, I saw that movie before, and I didn't like the way it ended. The authors appear unaware but they can't be, because Kissinger was involved in the time, that this same type of argument was made in the 1960s 
for computers in the basement of the Rand Corporation that would win the Vietnam War. Spoiler alert, we lost. For neurosurgery and drugs that would cure mental illness and allow state hospitals to discharge their patients into the community. Spoiler alert, the streets of urban centers have become snake pits of homelessness. For computer-based education, such as SRA readers, to teach English. Spoiler alert, America faces a literacy crisis. And so on. The 1960s offered, in my opinion, many excellent analyses of these problems from others like Norbert Wiener, Marshall McLuhan, and Thomas Kuhn, not to mention my favorite thinker, Jane Jacobs, among others, which for some unknown reason Kissinger, Schmidt, and Hootenlocker don't discuss. My guess is that they don't like what they had to say, because nobody in the positions they occupied could be that ignorant. As it turned out, in the 1960s computer revolution, instead of society turning to machines for guidance, much of the world's population looked not to IBM 360 mainframes, to rock stars, Eastern gurus, Woodstock, and Timothy Leary, as well as born-again Christianity. Seemingly paradoxically, as the power of mechanical reasoning increased, so did the power of human irrationality and the search for non-mechanical brides, with apologies to Professor McLuhan. The age of Aquarius was the information age and the space age. It all happened at the same time. The revolt against the machine is built into human nature, and eventually a new equilibrium is found as a result of the conflict between reason and emotion. Witness the crowds of IT executives who flock to Burning Man each year to seek inspiration, which is precisely the message of science fiction tales, ranging from the defeat of the HAL 9000 computer in 2001 to Luke Skywalker's almost medieval trust in, quote, the Force, unquote, in Star Wars. Even concern about nuclear war caused by computers is not new, as evidenced by the screening of failsafe. Engineers tend to be unaware of the powerful role emotions play in human consciousness, overestimating the importance of data, information, and rational calculation. Stalin's Russia revealed the disaster inherent in the attempt to engineer human souls when he embraced Fordism, seeking the assembly line as the AI technology of that era. Mass production, mass man, and mass movements. Where did that get us? Which is why paying more attention to the psychological and spiritual needs of human beings, including their needs for freedom and dignity, would be the most effective way to tame the Frankenstein-like tendencies of artificial intelligence outlined by the authors of this book. Unfortunately, the book reveals serious blind spots in establishment thinking when it comes to the importance of religion, culture, and society, and the formation of government policy in relation to AI. The most important takeaway from reading Kissinger, Schmidt, and Hutton Locker is that artificial intelligence is precisely that, artificial, because it lacks the most important kind of intelligence in people's lives, emotional intelligence. <laughs>